Support for this podcast comes from Avature ATS, an applicant tracking system that redefines user experience for candidates, recruiters and hiring managers. Just listen to one of the many ways in which L'Oreal USA has improved their hiring process with Avature, as told by Edward Dias, Director of Recruitment Intelligence and Innovation. Since we've been using Avature ATS globally, we have been able to massively improve our communication rate with candidates during and following their application. Uh, before, over a million people worldwide would never get contacted. Um, But with this smart automization and flexible processes, we've been able to change that. And that's been a huge achievement. Visit avature.net, that's A-V-A-T-U-R-E dot net, to learn why global market leaders like L'Oreal choose Avature to extend the candidate experience from shoulder tap to first day. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 135 of the Recruiting Future podcast. A few weeks back, I interviewed Rob McCargo from PwC to get more clarity around the role AI is likely to play in HR and recruiting. It's pretty clear to me that blockchain is the next big talking point in our industry. And it's also very clear that there's very little practical understanding of the implications of blockchain for HR and recruiting. To help me solve this problem, my guest this week is Seamus Cushley, who has responsibility for PwC's Global Blockchain Lab. If you work for an employer or a tech vendor, blockchain has big implications for you, making this interview a must-listen for everyone. Hi, Seamus, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. It's good to be here. A pleasure to have you on the show. Could you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Absolutely. My name is uh, Seamus Cousley. I'm a director in PwC based in the UK, and I have responsibility for the Global Blockchain Lab here out of Belfast. So I help uh, global clients understand the application of blockchain technology. And blockchain is very much what we're talking about um, in this episode of the show. Um, And I think it's interesting because I think it's something that's uh, potentially causing uh, a lot of confusion in lots of industries, but certainly um, in the HR and recruiting world, I think there's uh, a fair bit of confusion about um, exactly what it is and exactly what what its implications are. So perhaps we could just start, I could start by asking the question, what is blockchain and why should we care about it? So in, in terms of the blockchain conversation, obviously it, it grew of an origin of, of Bitcoin technology, which in itself is a, an interesting discussion. Um, the issue with blockchain and understanding it, we talk a lot about the mechanics of how it works. And you're right to ask, why do we care? Um, and why do we care about blockchain as a conversation or distributed ledger? It's the innovation or invention behind it in terms of technology. We now have a technology stack that allows the establishment of trust between two people, two machines, or two organizations. And based on that established trust without a third party, we can exchange value. And that very essence of the why um, 
will open up very many broad possibilities um, for blockchain's application across multiple industries where people, machines, or organizations share data. And do you think it's important that people understand how it works, or is it is it like any kind of technology where the um, it, it, it's more to do with understanding its implications? Yes, I agree with that. In, term, in terms of any technology, technology in itself is just a tool. Um, we are, as people, apply the technology, we solve the problems. So it, it, you can only look at technology such as blockchain through a problem or opportunity lens. And that's how, again, we discuss and understand that. So taking blockchain in isolation as a technology conversation is of little or no interest to the majority of people. But if we took some interesting examples and looked at its application, um, so let me give you an example around bringing that why to life. For anyone on, um, listening who's um, bought a property, they've had to depend on two institutions, one for the transfer of money and one for the transfer of contracts. So those two institutions are third parties that we as individuals give our trust to. This technology gives us the ability to remove those third parties and exchange both monetary value and contracts between two parties. So it's only through the application of solving a problem is technology interesting. Absolutely. And um, I think um, the the other thing I hear a lot about blockchain is that uh, people people seem to understand that it's it's behind the the sort of the boom in cryptocurrencies that that we're seeing at the moment but um th- there's kind of very little understanding of the other um um applications we're we're seeing from it so you, you kind of mentioned property there what other industries and what other use cases are you see, seeing happening um right now that might help people understand exactly what it is Okay, so I think just a step back before we get into the examples. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cryptocurrencies or digital currencies, depend on your interest, was where the blockchain conversation was born from. But we quite see a number of lenses to use around finding that problem. So from digital currencies, we see many aspects and applications around digital assets. And then that broadened into identity, the identity of the asset, the identity of the individual. Um, and then beyond that, blockchain as a data conversation, we're seeing now the maturing of conversations around around contracts or smart contracts. So across those four lenses of cryptocurrencies, crypto assets, identity, and smart contracts, where are we seeing that start to hook in? Well, I think it's really important to understand the identity of the individual, the asset, or the corporate is probably the, the key that unlocks the potential of blockchain technology. So we're seeing a huge investment in that area. So we're looking again at this sort of... Um, KYC, know your customer, know your employee space, which hopefully we'll talk about in a moment. That's becoming a really interesting conversation. The Not so much the authentication and authorization of the individual, um, but the sharing of that information. So think about it like if I have you, I can authenticate and authorize you, but also with this technology, I can hold you to account accountability piece. Um, so in terms of the cross-industry piece, obviously we work across multiple industries. Financial services was a, a major attraction for blockchain but met some barriers. We're seeing that broaden now into other applications, primarily around sharing of assets and supply chains. Um, so that supply chain can be anything in, in the media space, uh, retail, and actually into the digital asset space as well. Yeah, I've seen um, uh, I've seen some examples in the, the the food and drink industry where it's being used to uh, verify the origins of, uh, of products. Is, is that right? That's correct. That would be more in that sort of providence or authenticity. Um, and really a classic example people use around this digital meets physical world is diamonds. You know, diamonds in themselves have unique physical properties and have an established both supply chain and registry um, across that. So if you think from the time the diamond leaves the mine until it's on the ring on the finger, that can be tracked and traced. But that manual process that exists today obviously has some gaps. Um, so there's a number of companies working in that space 
Um, and that's the sort of primary use case that we, we look to as an example of where the physical meets the digital. Um, so that providence and origin of authenticity of either a physical or digital asset, but quite quickly you can see multiple applications for that. You mentioned food. Um, so again, the authenticity of pork or, or meat, and given some of the scandal we have around our, our supply chain on food, looks like quite an attractive use case of supply chain management um, and transparency and more importantly, traceability uh, around the, the contents of the supply chain. I suppose the, the sort of caveat in terms of the application of blockchain it does it solve the right problem and is the commercial model viable? And that's why I think diamonds as a supply chain conversation compared to the chicken or meat on your on your shelf at the local market is probably a more interesting commercial model. So like anything around adoption is driven by real human need or commercial model. That, that's interesting because I think um, you know I'm, I'm seeing lots of uh, lots of companies, particularly startup companies, sort of throwing blockchain around as something that they're doing or looking into. Um, and it, you know, it seemed uh, you know it seems sometimes that uh, you know the commercial case for it isn't isn't fully uh, isn't fully thought through. So I think that's a fair challenge. Um, so there's a lot of hype around the industry um, based on some of the and again a lot of investment in that industry again, which makes it really interesting. Um, but problems solved in isolation uh, are difficult to justify. So your point around, are there valid commercial models or business models? Um, do people actually want this problem solved? Um, it's difficult. And then if you look at some of the challenges, having solved that single problem, how do you then integrate it back into the either the supply chain, the financial system, the retail system, the existing um, industry infrastructure that exists? So we should look for blockchain being implemented more complementary initially in some of our operational um, industries as opposed to being hugely disruptive. I think it's really disruptive uh, competition around blockchain is building new businesses that weren't possible before. That's uh, no, that's really interesting stuff, and it it, it kind of makes perfect sense. And I suppose that takes us very nicely on to talking um, about uh, the potential applications of blockchain um, in the talent space. So, um, what are you seeing um, its potential sort of uses and value being in the in in the recruiting and HR world? Yes, yeah, so again, there's this an area that I've sort of looked at recent times in terms of the application around the individual. So if we, if we look at that sort of mega trend around the personalization to the individual and recruitment at HR is no different, the employee or wants that sort of tailored experience. Um, it really looks to the identity component. Um, and again, as you and I understand and many of listeners, online we have many digital identities. So I'm not talking here about sovereign identity, but digital identities. So one of the biggest challenges employers have is validating the credentials you as an employee when you, be, you know, become part of the recruitment process. So do you, does your university certificate actually, is it valid? And did you get a first and not a two one? So the activity around that um, aspect in terms of understanding the validity of your credentials is an area that we know large scale employers and small scale employers invest in because it's an area of challenge. And we know it's an area of fraud around applications. So imagine a system whereby you as a graduate leaving university have a credential, credentialized passport, if you like, um, that has been signed by your university and by you. And as you go to your first employer, you have a passport that you can validate um, that you do have that qualification. So that's an interesting conversation about how you begin to then build up a wallet of your credentials or qualifications or your achievements that make you more employable. It becomes an employability wallet. And blockchain gives us that transparency across multiple um, actors in that conversation. So that would be the first interesting discussion, I think, around the application of this technology and 
um, onboarding new new employees. Absolutely, and I suppose that's interesting. With you know, in in terms of uh, you know all the money that gets spent on background checks, um, and also uh, you know the the ability in which people can uh, sort of embellish their their identity online. I'm guessing it's a, uh, you know I'm guessing it's a, a, a potentially very useful tool for um, you know getting to the truth, getting to the truth as it were. So it brings transparency. Um, so again, there's, there's sort of the three T's to remember in this conversation, I suppose, are transparency, traceability, and, and, and trust. And a big part of bringing a new person into your company is building, is beginning to go on a journey of trust establishment. And the first step of that is transparency around that qualification or that, that CV, that resume that, that makes that, you know, part of that relationship forming. So that's, again, as part of the employee journey, um, is one application that I see as part of that um, piece. I suppose beyond that, then, you know, assuming that the employee has been successfully um, recruited and are part of your organization, where can this technology come to play? Um, it depends on the structure of the organization. I'm sure you've probably had this discussion previously on this uh, particular forum, but think of that global employee. Uh, where, you know, we're moving into this um, era of FTEs that are globally placed, contractors, um, aspects of staff joining and leaving teams on demand. And that really throws up challenges around understanding how they get paid. So when you move into payments as part of payroll um, for your employee base, the technology offers some interesting options in terms of transparency. So there's a company out there that's called uh, Bitwage that have been around for up, up on five years now, and they offer alternative options for global payroll. So that's an interesting avenue to investigate if you're paying multiple people in a global uh, landscape or you have cross-border fees, foreign exchange fees, and challenges around payments in general. Um, does this technology offer some alternative options around um, transferring funds and then giving you visibility in terms of you know paying the appropriate tax in the jurisdiction? No, I can definitely see that there will be value there for um, for large scale employers, and, and and I'm presuming as well um, as we move more towards the gig economy, when uh, you know people are increasing the amount of sort of uh, freelance resource in their business. Um, I'm presuming that blockchain could be a uh, useful tool for the sort of the management um, of a of a workforce that's much much less centralised than, than in the past. Yeah, so again, uh, but I agree with your sort of uh, reluctance to use the gig economy terminology. But if there's a more flexible workforce that want to work on their terms, they they as individuals need a mechanism which they can be qualified quickly for work and get paid quickly for what the work that they do, regardless of where they live in the world. Um, so how do we do that? We need to empower that individual with the ability to do both of those things. So from an employee's perspective, they need some passport in which they can do that. And from the employer's perspective, they need a mechanism which they can pay appropriately um, and have transparency around that and around the service that they provide. So going back to that piece around authenticating you and authorizing, authorizing you as a new employee and then keeping making you accountable, or um, I think the technology plays in that space as well. Um, around um, aspects of understanding your um, provision and your contribution, I suppose, to their broader organization. So that's where I think that's an interesting piece to bring blockchain in. But again, it's a it's a broader conversation around the, uh, the convergence of a number of emerging technologies, of which blockchain is only one, but will give us that, that, that needed insight. One um, phrase that uh, I think gets sort of thrown thrown around uh, quite a lot in the industry that people, um, you, you, you've, I think you've explained the concept of it, but just to get specific, because I think it's a phrase that uh, people may have heard of is um, smart contracts. Um, could you just explain a little bit about what a smart contra- contract is and uh, what, what blockchain's role is in that? 
Absolutely, absolutely. So the first layer of the blockchain conversation we've touched upon is the ability to share data in both a decentralized and distributed manner with people that you trust or organizations that you trust. So building on that concept of shared data, then we have the second layer, if you like, of um, smart contracts as referred to. I think the first piece is, at this point, smart contracts are not smart. Um, look at them like a replacement of process. So smart contracts give us the ability to replace step one, of, one through to 10 of our process or the actual contract that I may sign uh, as an employee. So if we look at them from that lens of process replacement, smart contracts are option-based outcomes. So on certain conditions, do X, Y, and Z. Um, so what does that mean for us in terms of from a process perspective or in an individual? So look at the recruitment process, assuming that you have 10 steps within it. We can use smart contract technology to articulate the conditions under which those um, process steps execute and the conditions under which a candidate is selected. And as a byproduct of using smart contracts, we also have a secondary layer of an auditable data record of the activity. So that means our recruitment process can be um, put up for scrutiny. And so if we have a candidate who disputes the conditions in which they were employed or recruited, sorry, uh, or has an issue around the, the grounds in which that decision was made, we can make all of that transparent. So that's a really interesting use case around process replacement. And we should look today at contracts as replacing aspects of our process or, or our actual paper contract in itself. But, and as we see the contract or smart contract component of blockchain mature, um, we'll see it get more complex in nature, but it's a broader challenge around how we simplify contracts and legal terminology. Um, but that's, we're on that arc of um, improvement. That's, that's really interesting, actually. And I can see, um, you know, I can see lots of uses for that in, you know, in terms of um, in terms of how the recruitment process um, the recruitment process works. Um, are there any other um, sort of potential use, case, use cases that you're seeing in the talent and HR space? Yes, the other one, I suppose, in the talent and HR space is um, around learning and development. Um, so again, going back to similar principle, large scale organisations spend a lot of money training their people on management leadership courses, on explicit technical skill sets, um, but it's difficult for the employee to take that value with them. So, so there's, a, there's a bit of a demotivation. Why would I do an internal course for three days? Because outside in the market, it may or may not be recognized or even understood. But going back to that understanding, if I have a passport of things that I've achieved, um, qualifications, then I can still do a number of L&D courses and develop myself professionally internally within a given brand. And it motivates me to do that. Um, and therefore, because I can, at some point, if I decide to move on, take that with me. So we're seeing that um, focus on L&D, learning and development, and how the technology can empower the individual to take that value with them. So it's a motivating factor to invest in themselves, which for all of us as large-scale employers will obviously help move us forward in terms of our people. Um, so that's really interesting, I think, in terms of retention uh, around the application of those. But it, really all, it all gets back to the human problem and motivating the individual. As I said earlier, Matt, it's all about what problems or opportunities we're trying to solve with this technology. And a lot of this is the psychology of the individual. And I find that's the interesting uh, intersection of where human meets technology. Absolutely. I, I, it's, it's really fascinating. It's really fascinating stuff. Um, and I suppose that does that sort of takes me on to my next question as well, which is, which is kind of about timescales, because obviously, uh, you know, we're very much talking theoretically. Um, you know, we're obviously seeing things emerging in 
certain technologies, but uh, not much has kind of practically happened um, in the HR and recruiting space yet, apart from a lot of um, a lot of marketing spin. Um, what, what kind of timescales for adoption do you think we're looking at? When should people sort of expect to be uh, working hands-on with this type of technology? So I, I think it's a sort of level set. I think people will not know they're working with this technology, I think, in the first place. Like any good technology is invisible to us. And if blockchain is successfully adopted across transaction systems of which HR is one, then we'll not know we're using it. So how will that manifest itself? Um, we'll have better clarity and transparency around the information that we manage for the individual. Um, where we're seeing that broadly speaking in multiple industries, we're out of the lab across multiple industries. You know, we're beyond the proof of concept, proof of value. We're starting to see those proof of concepts begin to be integrated back into the main platforms or the main systems within firms, whether that's financial services or retail. Well, that means explicitly in terms of what I've seen in terms of HR and recruitment. There are a number of small startups out there trying to achieve that, um, and they're focused very heavily on the credentialization space. And that's you know the piece around skills and education, a record of your achievement. Um, the challenge that they have, and we all have, is how does that integrate into the existing system? And as we all know, HR and recruitment systems are somewhat under a broader digital revolution piece. Um, so it's the first or second startup that be able, is able to integrate with some of the big providers is probably best place to do that. I think we'll see that within the next 12 months. Um, again, some of the work that I've been involved in, we're seeing some of those small, explicit problems being solved. We're in the challenge of them moving into more of a pilot phase where they're integrated into the existing HR landscape, technology landscape that, that, that brands use today. So that, I think that's our next challenge, integration. And what would your advice be to to employers and and and, and also to to sort of HR technology companies in terms of uh, you know what they should be doing now, how they should be thinking about this, um, and, and really you know making sure that they're not um, going to be left left behind as uh, uh, you know a blockchain change starts starts changing the way we work in the industry. Good challenge. Uh, so it's a broader part of my remit around innovation management, uh, and it's no different whether we're talking about blockchain or artificial intelligence or any of the other big disruptive tech technology conversations, for the executives in the tech companies that are in the HR space, they need to be respectfully understanding the capability of this technology and be experimenting with it. And that doesn't mean large-scale investment and multiple millions of dollars. It means having a small focused problem they're trying to solve and have a small team trying to solve that problem with them. So experimentation and innovation within that tech company is absolutely necessary. Beyond that, in terms of the brands that use those tech providers, um, they need to understand from their employers, the employee employer's perspective, what they're trying to achieve. So as you said earlier in the conversation, the, the market is changing. The employee of today and tomorrow expects a different level of personalization um, and transparency and ownership around their career. And I think that's the interesting conversation to be having with employers. And then with that, can we infuse some aspects of the blockchain conversation into that? Um, whether that is around the transparency of what, I, what I've achieved and who I am within the brand or how I can then be seen in a marketplace. Again, that whole marketplace around skills and transparency around how I was chosen for a particular job and you were not um, was really an aspect, of, I think, where we're going in terms of the gig economy and the market dynamic around talent and talent selection. So again, if you're a C-suite or executive, respectfully, you can't ignore this conversation because that has impact for your employee base. So that brings me on nicely to my final final question. Um, is blockchain um, a, a revolution or an evolution? Yes, fair challenge. Um, so it's absolutely a revolution. 
And the reason I say that is because it fundamentally challenges how we understand data and how we share data. So if you think of the evolution of the internet or the web, World Wide Web, we're in sort of 3.0, that evolution. Um, and they're all building on previous uh, good decisions by others that, that are more talented than you and I in many ways, but we're building on the shoulder of giants. But we're, we're entering into the sort of industrial revolution 4.0 piece. Um, so we have a highly connected mobile internet um, where we have now more people coming online on, with mobile devices. We're going to have to re-architect the internet for that age. Um, so that as a backdrop suggests that what we're about to face into is, has not been um, achieved or solved before. So the level of change and the rate of change um, we haven't faced. So if we combine artificial intelligence, blockchain, conversations around all our disruptive technologies, we're absolutely going to re-architect our digital world. But as our world becomes increasingly digital and distributed, we need a technology that can scale while providing necessary security and trust and, I suppose, accountability for the decisions that we make. Um, and blockchain will not be all of that answer, but will be part of it. And so that's the world that we need to face into, increased accountability, increased transparency, and justifications for the decisions that we make. Um, so this whole aspect of responsible technology, responsible technology leadership, um, is where we need to be having that conversation regardless of industry. Seamus, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you very much, man. My thanks to Seamus Cushley. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.